0: it's a real privilege to be here at Shout Sunday Service, and uh, how many people have had an amazing time at Shout? I've loved um, uh, the theme of unified. We've been, we've been unified in our worship. We got into the flow of it. We've been unified in our thanks. We've been unified in our salvation. We've been unified in the gospel. We've been unified in sorting out our stuff. We've been unified in being inspired. Is that right? But, uh, but uh, I reckon there's, I was thinking about today, there's kind of two ways to do this. Like, I shout, that was done, and we kind of gather together to, to kind of celebrate what happened, or we go, no, no, this is, the, this is the climax of shout. Oh, well, I'm going for the second one, okay? Like, this is where we land shout. Because I, I don't know if you heard, on the, on the first night, Pastor Sam said, there's lots of ways to be unified, but the ultimate way to be unified is mission. And, and so I believe today that Jesus is here to commission you for mission. I believe that Jesus is in the auditorium and today you're gonna leave this place not going, well, shout was nice and now I go back to my familiar. You go out of here going, I've been commissioned to go and make a difference in my world and it's not just that I've been changed but my world is gonna change and my world is never gonna be the same again because of my experience as shout. So, This might seem a bit odd, but I want to talk about this. I want to talk about the lion's roar. I want to talk about ruling in life with Christ. That was an incredibly underwhelming response, but I kind of expected it. Pastor Shane Willard talked about words can be true, but they can trigger the wrong imagination. And some of you just got a whole lot of negative stuff triggered. But in the next few minutes, I want to show you that the greatest dignity of your life is you carry the spirit of the lion of the tribe of Judah, that it's nicer than you ever imagined, that it's more beautiful than you ever imagined, that it's more attractive, that it's more inspiring, that it's gonna demand more of you, you're gonna have to dig deeper, but it's gonna be the most satisfying thing of your life that you walk out of shout with the roar of the lion determined that you're gonna go and make a difference for Jesus. Um, some of you might have, at times in the past, I've talked about this, thing, these kind of different dimensions to spirituality. So one of the common ones in the history of Christianity is this kind of idea like this this lion, this human, this eagle, and this ox. So you'll, you'll find it a lot in history, these, this art of these four different uh, things. And, and it comes uh, from Ezekiel, saw these animals with these four different faces, a human, a, a lion, an ox, an eagle, a revelation. John saw it, the first living creature was a lion, an ox, uh, a human, and an eagle. And, and kind of when when the early church realized, well, there's four gospels that are like four different pictures of Jesus that present him in kind of different ways, they thought, I wonder if these kind of fit together. So they kind of assigned different different ones of those animals to, uh, to the different gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, and again, that's really common. Um, you don't want to overthink it too much because the church has never really agreed on which one is which, but it's a great idea that, 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 we, that we don't just have one Jesus, that there's almost four different kind of uh, attitudes, spirits, spiritualities that we meet in the different gospels. The one that I find most helpful is actually the least popular one in church history, just to put it out there, but the lion, the royal authority of Matthew, the ox, the laborious endurance of the servant in Mark, the man, the brotherly sympathy in Luke, and the eagle, the soaring majesty in John. But it's like, somehow, if you're gonna walk out into this world, you need a part of you that's the lion, you need the part of you that's the ox, you need the part of you that's, uh, that's anchored in your humanity, and you need the part of you that soars with the eagle. Does that make sense? And so it's like, oh, we need a bit of all of this. And, and today I wanna particularly focus on, you need to carry the spirit of the lion of the tribe of Judah. If you're going to make a difference in your world. But let me just explain some of them. So the first one's the ox. Not very flesh looking. Not very classy. But there's a whole thing. Oxen, oxen do hard work. They're not sexy. They're not flash. Well, unless you're another oxen, maybe they're sexy. But they, they just work hard. Uh, and, and i got some bad news for you. According to this, the strength of an ox, from when the strength of an ox comes abundant You can't just pray it in. You're going to have to work hard to see something happen in God. And, and, and Jesus picked this up. No, you have gotta be servants. You have gotta be the slave of the all. Even he carried the spirit to serve and to give his life as a ransom. Uh, he talks about this in John when he washed the disciples' feet. He's like, do you understand what I did? I've set you an example. There's something about Jesus. There's something about being a Christian that's gotta carry that spirit. I'm just gonna put my head down and work hard and serve. Uh, and and Jesus, this, is, this is the mindset of Jesus. He took the nature of a servant. So I love the fact that the first foundation of how we unified is just shout happened because a whole lot of people just serve. A whole lot of people work really hard and just serve. And that's kind of the underpinnings of our unified. And, and that's part of equippers at the core of our heartbeats. We believe the kingdom advances through a whole lot of people who serve. And it's like, man, I wanna see God's purposes. I gotta get the heart of a servant. The problem with a ser- with an ox, when it's all about you, you gotta just keep persevering. And at a certain point, you just get weary. And the good news is this, Isaiah said, everyone's gonna get weary, but here's the thing, you can find new hope in God, you can find strength, they will soar on wings like eagles and they won't get weary. And it's like, if you, all you know is the ox, you gotta get some eagle today. And how many know that shout is a lot about a lot of tired people who came in and just something got caught up in the Spirit and and our unity, we're unified not just in service, but we're unified in the Spirit and being caught up in the Spirit. And I love there's a whole lot of things like, man, there's part of my life that's gotta look and feel like that. There's part of my life that's just head down, work hard, but there's gotta be another part of my life that just soars. And again, some of the qualities, Eagles soar, they don't, ox just advances because he just drags his purpose into the future. But an but eagle soars, he, catches, or he or she catches the wind of the Spirit. The momentum is from the Spirit, not from their hard labor. And some of you need to be reminded today that the momentum in your life is because you soar with the Spirit. Not only that, they're powerful, not like the ox of hard work, but the power that can hold yourself in the wind of the Spirit that can soar with the wind of the Spirit, that can go places in God that you never imagined or you never could do with your own effort. Not only that, they're swift because their momentum isn't based on their strength. The momentum is based on they ride the wind of the Spirit. Come on, who needs some things to happen a bit faster in your life? You gotta get some eagle going because eagles, ox are just plotters, but eagles are swift. Not only that, they dwell on high. Does your eagle soar at your command and build its nest on high? It dwells on a cliff and it stays there at night. And, and, and that's what it's, we're supposed to be like as Christians. Come on, we've been raised with Christ. We're supposed to set our hearts on things above. We're seated up there. We're supposed, we're supposed to dwell in that place. Don't, as an ox, you just gotta plod through the mud. But part of you has gotta dwell in another place with Jesus on high. And you've got to soar to that place and you've got to dwell up there. You've got a party who's got to stay. Don't come crashing down tomorrow when you go home. Decide I'm gonna live in that place. It wasn't hype, it was this move of the spirit that touched you this weekend. Uh, and, and that's the place of vision because they can see far from it. Some of you, when the oxy just staring down at the mud, you've got to soar up and get some vision again. And see what God's doing. And, and how, do, how do eagles deal with enemies and problems? They swoop down. It's like, I got a problem, here I come. I'm not just gonna drag my way through it, I'm gonna deal with it. And, I, and I sw- they swoop down on the snakes in your life and they deal with them and they crush them. And, and, but here's the thing, they renew their youth. Your youth is renewed. Like some, Maybe some of you came to shout and your eagle looked a bit like that. But I know, man. Just yesterday, I was just thinking, man, it's been such a deep work of God. The sessions by Pastor Kathy and Pastor Wayne, just deep work of renewing, just wa- washing away the cynicism, washing away the hurt, washing away the frustration to renew our youth. So it's like, man, I need some of that. So you got that. So part of me, I need to be the ox that just works hard. Part of me, I need to be the eagle that soars with the spirit. Well, I got some bad news for you. You're not an eagle. You're not an angel. You're a human being. And you've got to deal with that as well. You know, I love the story. Oh, well, here's a quote from Simon Sinek. A leader, first and foremost, is human. Only when we have the strength to show our vulnerability can we truly lead. I love how leaders have stood on the stage the last few days, and they've shared with you their struggles, and they've shared with you their vulnerability. And it's like, this is part. We're just a whole lot of human beings just trying to do this, aren't we? There's no superstars, there's no Teflon people where nothing sticks. We all take hurt, we all get knocked down, we all lose confidence in time, and we're united. We're united in our hard work of the ox. We're united in the spirit as we saw, but we're also united in our humanity. I love the story of 1 Kings 19. Chapter 18 is the one everyone loves, that's call down fire from heaven, pray and break a drought. Kind of just supernatural, Mr. Eagle prophet. Very next chapter. He's afraid, runs for his life, gets isolated because he leaves his servant, sits down, prays that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said, take my life, I am no better than my ancestors. It's like, mate, the day before you were soaring like an eagle, now you're crashing and burning. And I love how God intervenes with him. Angel said, get up and eat. There's a, a bread and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. Angel comes again, get up and eat. So he eats and drank. I love this. This is a bit provocative. Strengthened by that food. He wasn't just an eagle who needed to soar and pray and fast and and speak in tongues. And there's nothing. you got to do that to get your eagle going. But he was also a human being. It's like, Elijah, you've been dumb. You need to eat and sleep and eat and sleep. You're a human being, man. You're not an angel. And And then God takes him off for this therapy session in this cave. What are you doing here, Elijah? He's got this little spirit. Oh no, I've been very zealous. The Israelites have rejected your covenant and put your. Pro- I'm the only one. Mister driven, Mister perfectionist, Mister. I'm going to be better than anyone else. And God has to do this encounter. Like, no, you know, you know me in the wind. You know me in the earthquake. You know me in the fire. But, but. Elijah, you just need to know the gentle whisper because you're not, you're not just an ox, you're not just an eagle, you're a human being and you're tired and you're lonely and you're driven and I wanna touch that guy and I wanna minister to that guy you know, and it and comes back and speaks again and then God says, oh yeah, by the way, that weird stuff about you're the only one. No, there's 7,000 other people like Elijah like, geez man, like grow up. Um, but, but it's even Jesus Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat by down by the well, it was noon. Jesus was knackered by lunchtime. Jesus, yeah, he was a servant, he was an ox, he was an eagle, but he was also a human being and he got tired and part of our unitedness is in our humanity, I love this. We have this treasure of the anointing in jars of clay. Man, we're united in that and passage we've heard a lot of times. God made man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. You're the, you're the dust of the earth and the breath of the divine and you better honor both of those. If you're gonna flourish and we're united in both of those, we believe in the call on your life, we believe in the destiny, we believe in the dreams, but we also know you're the dust of the earth and you get tired and you get hurt and you get lonely and you get disappointed. And I love the fact, That us is big enough to be united also around that. We got you. We're with you. We're gonna back you because we're not just oxes and eagles. We're also human beings. And it's like, man, I need this in my life. We need need to be united around the spirit of the ox. We need to be united around the spirit of the eagle. We need to be united around the spirit of we're human beings. Here's the problem though. Nothing's gonna change if we just do that you're going to walk out of this place and you feel nice, you had some good therapy, cried some healing cathartic tears, someone gave you a hug, and your world's still going to hell, and your cities are broken, and your schools have a wave of young people struggling with depression and anxiety and committing suicide. We have children who are lost and we have hopeless situations. And, 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 and so that's the context why on Shout Sunday, man, I love the serving that's happened here. I love the soaring moments. I love the human moments. But I don't wanna walk out just with those. That's why we need today an encounter with the lion of the tribe of Judah and we have a sense of the mandate that says, go out and change your world. Go out and make a difference. Go out and touch this city. Go out and touch this nation. Go out and change your family. Go out and change your community. Dream of impact and influence. We need to rise up with the roar of the lion that says, we are gonna make a difference in my generation, in my time, not on my watch. Are we just gonna plod away? Are we gonna soar and have nice dreams? Are we gonna hug and care for each other? We are destined to serve the lion of the tribe of Judah, King Jesus, who has authority in this city and this nation. And Pastor Sam mentioned this on the first night. The image comes from the book of Revelation. Then one of the elders said, do not weep. Weep, why? Because nobody can make a difference. No, no, it's all right, John. Somebody can make a difference. See the lion of the tribe of Judah. That's a side of Jesus you need to know today. And it's a side of Jesus he wants to encounter you today and he wants to commission you with the same spirit. It goes right back to Genesis where um, Jacob, Israel, is prophesying over all his kids. He starts with the oldest. The first three disqualified themselves because they abused their position. So he gets down to number fourth son, Judah. Notice three times in Jewish thinking, if you really wanna emphasize it, you say it three times. Judah, you are a lion's cub, like a lion he crouches, like a lioness who dares to rouse him. And then this is the content of it. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he to whom it belongs shall come and the obedience of the nation will be his. You go, the lion is a leadership gift. The lion is a leadership anointing. The lion goes into their world and makes a difference. Are you ready for God to come upon you to make a difference? Are you ready for Him to motivate you, to inspire you, to go and make a difference? Could you believe that you could be the agent of the lion of the tribe of Judah to shift something in your world because of what happened at Shout? At the start of the year, I was reading the account of Joseph. And, you know, if you know the stories in prison. Pharaoh has a couple of dreams. And Joseph gets called in, and he kind of, he's in that eagle space. I oh, yeah, the dreams, two dreams. The dreams of the Pharaoh are one and the same. God has revealed him what he's about to do. Seven good cows, seven years. Seven good heads of grain, seven years. It's one and the same. Seven lean, ugly cows, seven years. Seven worthless heads of grain, uh, they are also seven years. So he's had these two dreams, and, like, Dan, uh, Joseph's in his eagles. i Oh, yeah, I see what the Spirit's saying to you. And, and then he goes on to interpret it. Oh, God's showing it. And it's going to be seven years of abundance, and then it'll be forgotten, and the abundance in the land will not be remembered. And the reason the dream was given in two forms is the matter has been firmly decided. It's like, yep, I've done my job as the man of God. No, because you haven't tapped into the lion. You haven't tapped into the leader. And it blew my head, Joseph changes spirituality, he changes tack. And the land, it just freaked me out like, and this is like, this is, he suddenly changes to the lion zone. And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest during. I'm like, how did you decide, decide fifth? Like where's the math? Seven, seven, five, like why five? Why a fifth? Like he just let just do this. I worked out a couple of days later, it's a double tithe. But how did you know that that would be in the like? It does your head in, like, where's the, oh, I saw a vision. He's just like, just do this and do this and do this and it'll work. That's leadership. That's the lion spirituality. That's the lion anointing. It just steps out and it does something to save a world. It just knows what to do. And they should collect all the food and store up the grain and the food should be kept in reserve. and and, and the country won't be ruined by famine. And I love Pharaoh's response. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh, to all his officials. And so Pharaoh asked him, can we find anyone like this? One in whom is the spirit of God? And we tend to think that refers to the dreamer part of Joseph. It does, but it also refers to the leader part of Joseph. And I love the fact that we're a movement that values the prophetic, but above the prophetic, we value the apostolic, and apostolic leadership steps out and moves stuff. Steps out, and we're not prepared just to have great prayer meetings where we dream dreams. We wanna step out and do by the gate and shift something. We wanna run uprisings, we wanna plant churches, we wanna do mission. We're an apostolic movement that's led by leaders who carry that kind of lion heart. We're gonna go and do something. does my head in people like Pastor Sam or Pastor Bruce or Scott. They just make calls and and it works. And it's like, that's the grace to do stuff. And you need a bit of that in your life that I'm not prepared just to have visions and dreams. I wanna shift something for the good of my world. I wanna, I'm Jesus, I'm up for this. I wanna be commissioned today to go and make a difference. And you might go, oh yeah, that's great for people like Pastor Sam and Kathy or Bruce and Helen or Scott and Lila, like they're beast mode leaders. I'm not like that. Well, same for me, but, but here's the thing. Romans 12 talks about this thing of different gifts and motivational gifts. But what's interesting, there's this tension between people who are gifted, but underlying we're all called to do this stuff. Makes sense? So here, um, there's a gift of serving, but we're all called to serve. There's a gift of giving, but we're all called to generosity. Here's the implication. There's a gift of leadership, but you all need to take authority in your life and start leading. You all need to rise up and lead in some sphere. Some area will change because you lead it. Some area will change because you bring shift into it. Some area will change because you step up and go, I'm gonna make a difference coming out of Shout in this area, whether it's your health, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your church, your town, your high school, your nation, something says something is gonna shift. And I don't care if I'm not a great leadership gift, I'm, I'm called to be generous, I'm called to give, I'm called, I'm called to serve, and I'm called to lead. In some area, I'm called to lead. You gotta get your lion on, that something rises up to lead. Uh, and, and you see this actually back in the tribes. Uh, end of Genesis, uh, is Jacob, Israel's prophesies over a son. At the end of Deuteronomy, Moses prophesies over the tribes. It's interesting, because Judah is a leadership gift for the nation, but two of the other tribes, Moses prophesies about them being lions. Gad, blessed is he who enlarges Gad's domain. Gad lives there like a lion. You might not have the leadership gift of a Pastor Sam or a Pastor Scott, but there's somewhere you need to live there like a lion. That's pathetic. Somewhere in your life, you need to live there like a lion because you need to enlarge. Your domain is not gonna be enlarged because you pray it down from heaven. Your domain is not gonna be enlarged just because you serve it. The domain is not gonna be enlarged because you're vulnerable. Your domain is gonna be enlarged because you pick up the spirit that says, I'm gonna live in this space like a lion. I'm gonna represent the lion of the tribe of Judah in this place. And and then down about Dan. Dan is a lion's cub springing out of this place. There's something that's got to spring out of you and go, I'm gonna bring God's will into my family. I'm gonna bring God's will into my classroom. I'm gonna bring God's will into my hospital ward, my business, my town, my nation. Something in you needs to spring up today with a mandate from heaven, with a roar of the lion that says, I was born with destiny to shift something. Just before we are here, the Lion King was in here. Some of you are a bit nervous about, oh, sounds a bit hyper and random, or whatever. We'll get there. But like Pastor Shane Willard said, it's nicer than you imagine. It's more beautiful than you imagine. It's better than you imagine. Lion King understands good king energy. Mufasa, he's the good king. It's not oppressive, it's not proud, it's not destructive. He brings the flourishing of his world. That's good king energy. That's what we're looking for. The lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, the story of Narnia, Aslan, represents good king energy. That's what I'm talking about today. Not abusive, oppressive people, proudful people. I'm talking about people who carry an authority to serve their world. To make a difference for good. When you think king, think Mufasa, think Aslan. I was trying to think of a contemporary model and a not male model. Um, and uh, I talked to Ruku about this. For me, one of the most beautiful models in New Zealand it was the Maori Queen, Te Ariki Nui Dame Te Atairangi Kahu. I remember her funeral when they took her casket in the waka uh, and buried it, and just the honor. And I, I didn't know personally, but Roku did it. And I, so I wanted to just check, like, is it okay if I talk about it? She's like, yeah, she's a bit nervous. What are you going to say? And, 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 uh, and then I said, what was she like? And the answer was what I expected. One word, beautiful. A beautiful woman. A beautiful spirit. If I say lion roaring and something in you flinches, your imagination is wrong. Think Mufasa, think Aslan, think the Maori queen. That's what I'm asking you to pick up this morning and carry that kind of spirit into your world. It it actually goes right back to creation, Genesis 1. God made them in our image so that they may rule, and he created it in his image, and it is male and female. There's no gender difference. You're all called to carry that kind of spirit of leadership. And and he goes on, you know, and this is what it looks like. Blessing, be fruitful, increase, fill the earth and situate rule. It's not a dominating rule. It's coming under people to release them and bless them and bring increase. And your world is a better place because someone dared to pick up the spirit of the lion and roar into your world with hope and faith and peace and reconciliation and freedom. Come on, someone needs to go. Someone needs to step up and roar into my world with that kind of spirit. Dalard Willis is a writer about spirituality, a book, The Divine Conspiracy. He has a top a section, Made to Rule. Every last one of us has a kingdom or a queendom or a government, a realm that is uniquely our own where our choice determines what happens. This is, here is the truth that reaches into the deepest part of what it means to be a person. You've got to walk out a shout with a sense, you were born to bring the will of God into some part of your world. He goes on to say, this is the core of the likeness or image of God in us and is the basis of the destiny for which we are formed. We are all of us never ceasing spiritual beings with a unique et- eternal calling to count for good. Our kingdom is simply the range of our effective will. Goes on to say, in creating human beings, God made them to rule, to reign, to have dominion. Only so can they be persons. Only so, if you not have a sense of authority over some part of your world, your humanity is diminished. Diminished. Come on, I want you to walk out of this room with your head held high, with a sense of purpose, with a sense that God has entrusted you with the capacity to make a difference, to make calls that are gonna shift things for good in your world. He goes on to say the sense of having some degree of control over things now recognized as a vital factor in mental and physical health can make the difference between life and death. By contrast, attacks on our personhood always take the form of diminishing what we can or do or have say over, sometimes up to the point of, of forcing us to submit to what we are poor. That's why abuse is so destructive. It, it attacks your right to control your world. No one has the right to violate your agency. No one has the right to compromise the world that you've been given to manage. You know, there, I don't, There's another film, The Wizard of Oz, about Dorothy leads these three people one of them is called the Cowardly Lion. We often think that sin is doing extravagant bad things. Much more it's about a diminishment and a timidity and a brokenness and a weakness that can't rise up. You know, and I, and I love Pastor Shane talked about salvation is not just out there, salvation is now. And can I tell you that part of the now of salvation Part of the now of salvation, are you ready, is that you get to act with the spirit of the lion. Let me show you. Here's a trustworthy saying, if we died with him, we will also live with him. Hallelujah, there's the gospel, only half the gospel. If we endure, we will also reign with him. You were created to reign with Christ. You were created to exercise authority. You were created to stand up and roar and go, this is not okay in my world. Something has got to shift. Revelation at the end of the Bible, a song to Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, you're worthy to take the scroll, open its seals. You were slain with your blood. You purchased from God persons from every tribe and land. Yeah, we celebrate that. But you have made them to be a kingdom of priests, king, and priests to serve our God. And who? And they will reign. Who's going to reign forever? Yeah, Jesus, but He wants you to reign in life. He wants you to have a sense of victory. He wants you to have a sense of agency. He wants you to have a sense that you can make a difference in your world. Finally, at the end of the, the very end of the book of Revelation, no longer is any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and His servants will serve Him. Yeah, we do serve Him. They will see His face and His name will be on their foreheads. There'll be no more night and they'll not need the light of the lamb or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light. And who will reign forever? Who will reign forever? You. Start getting used to it. You're in training for royalty. You're in training to reign. You're in training to roar with the lion and bring health and wholeness and freedom into some part of your world. Don't let anything rob you of dignity. Sin robs you of stuff. Um, Paul, do you not know? He can't believe the church doesn't. Do you not know the Lord's people will judge the world? Do you not know that will judge angels? Do you not know what you're called to do? Do you not know your destiny and purpose? You're not just faithful oxes who plod. You're not just eagles who soar in prayer. You're not just vulnerable humans. Don't you know you're called to reign? Don't you know you're called to represent the lion? Don't you know you're called to shift something in your world? Okay, you'll listen to this, otherwise you'll think I'm preaching heresy. Daniel 7, Daniel has a vision, thrones are set in place. Oh, there's these four beasts, destructive rulers. Uh, and the Ancient of Days took his seat, and his clothing was as white as snow, and hair on his head was white like wool, and his throne was like flaming fire, and the wheels were ablaze, and a river of fire was flowing out of him, and thousands and thousands attended him. Ten thousand times, ten thousand stood before him, and the court was sealed, and the books were opened. That's God in his glory. And, and he sees this, in my vision at night, and, looked, and there before me was one like a son of man. Coming with the clouds of heaven and he approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. And he was given authority, glory and sovereign power and all nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. And his dominion is an everlasting dominion that will never pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. And who is that? Come on, Sunday school, there's one answer, Jesus. Except this time it's only half the truth because what I love, Jesus, this famous icon about the resurrection, I love how he's raised, he just doesn't rise, this represents Adam and he, he brings us with him. So just focus for a couple of minutes. Daniel gets the interpretation of that dream, remember? King, the authority of God, one like a son of man brought in and given authority. Who is it? Yeah, the beasts were destroyed, but the holy people of the most high will receive the kingdom and possess it. What? That can't be right. Daniel's like, let me repeat it. Second time. Till the Ancient of Days comes and pronounces judgment in favor of the holy people of the Most High. And the time came when they possessed the kingdom. No, you can't be saying that, Daniel. That's crazy. Third time. Say something significant in Jewish thinking, say it three times. And then the sovereignty and the power and the greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be handed over to who? To the holy people of the most high God. You were born to carry the spirit of a lion. You were born to rule. You were born to bring something different. Yeah, Jesus is the King of kings, but He wants to take you with Him to make a difference in this world. And He's King of kings and Lord of lords, but it's gonna shift because you step up with Him and bring His dominion. I love. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. A few years ago, we did a production of it and Pastor Matt Gregory wrote the script and it often send changes back to the estate and I like, are gonna change this and like, no, you can't change that. That's an amazing symbol of the gospel. And I was like, oh, of course, how didn't I see that? C.S. Lewis is a smart guy. The end of the book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Aslan is king again. But the sons of Adam's and the daughters of Eve are kings and queens as well. Because he knew his Bible. Come on, you were born for something more. You were born to be an agent of his kingdom. You were born to roar with the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah. There is a dark side to this. His name's Scar. Pastor Wayne talked about this, when Scar roars, When the Satan rules, there's barrenness, there's destruction, because it's all about them. But when Mufasa or the mature Simba rules, your world flourishes. When I say it's time for the lion to roar, it's not about coming over people, it's not about controlling people. It's about bringing the shalom of God into their worlds. And it will be happened because you step up and you do this. Again, Narnia, when the evil uh, royalty rules, it's cold, it's frozen, there's no flow. flow. When Aslan comes back, there's intimacy, there's flourishing, there's fruitfulness. When I say you need the spirit of the lion, your mandate is to make your world flourish, not to devastate it. Um, I love how Joseph, you know, as a young guy had this dream. Uh, that everyone was going to bow down to him. He's like, oh, I get this king stuff, everyone's going to bow down to me. How many know Joseph went through some stuff? And he learned something. He learned it wasn't about him. So, so um, when, he, when he finally rescues everyone, says his brothers come, uh, and, and, and he says this, God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you and to save you. This was never about me, it was about you. When I say you need to get the spirit of the lion, it's not about your pride and your dignity and your, it's about the well-being of your school, it's about the flourishing of your generation, it's about turning the tide in your city and your nation. And Joseph learned it, and his brothers later on when dad dies, they're like, he's just bluffing, he can't really believe that, because what we did to him, he's like, no, don't be afraid, am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now. Listen to these key words, the saving of many, many lives, the provision that I'm gonna give, the reassurance I'm gonna bring and the kindness I'm gonna bring. What does it mean to be a lion? Save people, provide for people, reassure people, fill their world with kindness. Come on, out a shout, I wanna see a, well, who cares what I think? I, I, what I wanna see, God wants to see a wave of people Move with this. Um, Just to show you again, I was watching this TED Talk. This guy, he works with primates, like chimpanzees and apes. He's the guy who developed this concept of an alpha male. He said there's a number of uh, misbeliefs. Number one, they're not just alpha males, there's alpha females. But he's like, don't we think alpha males are these strong, aggressive bully types. He's like, don't insult chimpanzees by calling that an alpha male. Because he said alpha males and primates have two roles. Keep the peace in the group, be impartial, go for the underdog, provide security for the lowest ranking and provide empathy for others, respond to the distressed individuals, provide consolation. That's why photos like this move us so much because that's a king or a queen caring for distressed people in their world. Come on, you need to step up. I kind of run out of time. Let me just show you some of that. They, they move with stately bearing, there's a quiet dignity, they bring calmness into their world. It's gonna be okay. What are we gonna do? It's, it'll be okay, we got this, we'll sort it out. They're bold. They're not, we're not timid. They're brave. It's in their hearts. It's in their hearts. We can do this. We can change South Auckland. We can change Gore, we can change Northland. We can do this. They're warriors. They're ready to fight. And you can see it in their faces. This is not gonna carry on. It's gonna shift. And they're strong. There is a whole negative side. I'm not gonna go into. This is the shadow side. I was reading this PhD, actually. An Old Testament scholar did a whole PhD on the images of lion in the Old Testament. He said it's overwhelmingly negative. This is the scar energy. This is the Satan energy. They tear their prey. They break their bones. They tear me apart. They rip me to pieces. They lay waste our land. They devour. They crush. They, they mangle. They learn to tear their prey. Um, they maul and mangle. They look, and that's why Satan is, he the roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Here's the thing. There's a saying, the answer to this. The answer to abuse is not disuse, it's correct use. Yeah, there's a whole lot of toxic leadership in our world. What about the church of Jesus Christ? What about Equippers rises up with a different spirit? We don't roar at people. If you find yourself roaring at people, you've become the scar, you've become the Satan. Mufasa Aslan roars at the enemies and cares for the people. I'll just... Let me skip down or oh, back. Can I go back? There's this. Can I invite you to stand? And uh, maybe if Wayne wants to come out. There's this beautiful scene at the start of um, The Lion King where Mufasa takes Simba, young Simba, up onto this mountaintop and looks and he goes, son, this is their kingdom. And he says, and one day you're going to be the king. And that's this got Simba all of this belongs to me and Mufasa's like no it belongs to no one but it will be yours to protect a great responsibility Simba I thought a king can do what he wants Mufasa sometimes the world knows the principles of the kingdom better than us while others search for what they can take a true king searches for what he can give time for the lion of the tribe of Judah to find a whole wave of lions who rise up with a heart to serve a heart to bring freedom a heart to change just quickly let me finish with two things Revelation, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He looked around, and I saw a lamb. Again, words create things in our match. It's not cute and fluffy. It's a year old ram. It's a young ram. It's not about being cute and weak. It's this animal of sacrifice. The contrast is not between the strength of the lion and the weakness of the lamb. The contrast has been the authority and the sacrificial servant heart. That's who we serve. The servant king, the king who has scars on his hands. And let me finish with one more thing. It's not about kings, but it's about soldiers. It's part of the mindset. Prophecy of Joel, he sees a wave of armies. They charge like warriors. They scale walls like soldiers. They all march in line, not swerving from their course. They do not jostle each other. Each marches straight ahead. They plunge through defenses without breaking ranks. They rush upon the city. A whole lot of people who walk out of this place determined to walk in your world carrying the spirit of the lion, the spirit of the good king, you know, I was praying about this message. I feel like God let me hear what the devil was thinking. He's like, it's nice when a whole lot of oxes serve. That's nice. It's nice when we soar and we have dreams. That's nice, but it doesn't really bother him. It's nice when we gather together and have group hugs and we all feel good at ourselves. You know what I felt going on in the devil's mind? When he sees the church of Jesus Christ pick up the spirit of the lion and roar like a lion. I heard him say this, that's what I'm afraid of. 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 Come on, it's time for the church to roar with the authority of Jesus. It's time for the church to roar following the lion of the tribe of Judah. It's time for the church to stand up and make a difference. And I want to call you today. There's a lion of the tribe of Judah is here. And he wants to commission you to go and make a difference in your world. Come on, it's time to begin. It's time to roar. Come on, it's time to roar. It's time to roar for your generation, for your town, for your city, for your family, for your workplace, for your university. It's time to roar. And so like the end of the book of Narnia, Aslan's here, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And shout finishes, not with a group hug, not with a dream, not with just hard work. It finishes when the lion commissions you that you would feel that sacrificial heart for your world and you would let him commission you to go and make a difference. We're just gonna sing a song about enthroning him, but you understand when we enthrone him, he enthrones you, he calls you up. And I want you to let him commission you this morning and you can do that, you could stand in your seat and you can worship, God and just pray. I just saw a whole lot of people kneeling at the front. So we're gonna worship Jesus. Come on, shout, 2021 be commissioned by the Lion of the tribe of Judah with a roar to go and make a difference in your world. Come on, let's worship Him. Let Him commission you.